All Around the West, Episode 17, The Bouchard Gardens. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Scott and Sue from allaroundthewest.com and this is our podcast telling you about our adventures all around the West. Sue had always wanted to go to visit Bouchard Gardens, which is on the Vancouver Island, north of Victoria, British Columbia. And we were on a trip to the Northwest and took the opportunity to head across the Straits there uh, from Port Angeles, Washington, to Victoria and on up to Bouchard Gardens and saw the beautiful gardens. If you are a gardener, this has got to be on your bucket list because they are gorgeous and you will not regret taking that trip. And in this podcast, we talk about how we got there, our day at the, at the gardens, and the fun things to see, and a little bit about the history of the gardens, and they have a, a bit of a unique history. So I hope you'll enjoy this podcast. If you have any questions for us or would like to leave a comment for us, uh, please head on over to allaroundthewest.com, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash allaroundthewest, or Twitter at twitter.com slash aroundthewest. I hope you enjoy this discussion uh, that Sue and I have about our trip to the Bouchard Gardens. One of the things that we did on our trip to the Northwest this last June, June in 2014, was to visit the famous Bouchard Gardens north of Victoria, um, British Columbia. And Sue had always wanted to visit those gardens. A friend had sent me a slideshow of the gardens several years ago. It was the middle of winter. We live in Utah and it was cold and um, we had been talking about gardening. We couldn't wait till spring and she sent me this slideshow. This is a, a picture as I said, this is a beautiful garden. This is where you need to go. You need to go see this. And I had never heard of them, and so I started asking some of my gardening friends, and they were all like, oh, yeah, it's so beautiful. you got to go there. Oh, yeah, don't miss Bouchard Gardens when you go to the Northwest. So I started looking up and doing some research about it and looking up things, and, yeah, that was one of the things that I really wanted to do when I went up to the Northwest. So Scott put it on the list. And we did it. Yep. And it was a fun day. Um, these gardens are beautiful. Uh, as I said, we went in June, and they were just getting going. Uh, some of the areas were just getting going, but the rest of the gardens were, were fabulous. Uh, they have an interesting history. Uh, as I said, they're north of Victoria in British Columbia, and the Boucharts had moved there to be next to uh, Robert Bouchart's cement plant. He was, a, uh, he was getting into the cement industry and had a limestone quarry there in the, right close and the cement plant was right next door and so that's why they moved there and so he would mine limestone out of a quarry there on the property for making the cement and then his it became a bit of an eyesore i think is what the story is right well once they were done mining in this one area there was a ginormous hole and when i say a ginormous hole i mean it's like really a ginormous hole it's very deep and it's quite large. I don't know how many acres it is, but it's a big hole. And so in, uh, it's been there over 100 years, and she, they were living there at the beginning of the uh, 20th century. And so 
you can imagine a, a limestone quarry, it's just a big, ginormous hole with rocks along the side and yeah, not very beautiful at all. And it's not really very far from their home. So ginormous rock hole in your backyard. So she said, I want to build a garden. So she hired a landscape designer and said, here's a big challenge for you. A big hole. I want to make a garden. And they designed what has become now the sunken garden, which is the, I guess, the kind of what? The big showpiece the big, of the... Yeah, right. The crown jewel, whatever, of the, yeah. the gardens. Yeah, that's really, it's amazing. So I'd read that she, she actually had tons of topsoil brought in from nearby farms to start uh, making a base so that they could do all the plants and everything. So it was quite a, uh, an endeavor to get this garden started. But now, 100 years later, mature plants, I mean, you could hardly ever tell it was a limestone quarry before, right? Right. You don't see any of the rock walls. The plantings are mature and large so there's there's large trees all in the bottom and uh they're yeah super tall and then mature shrubs and plantings all along the walls we heard a story that she uh hung herself down in a chair kind of like you would repel from the top a chair and planted things in the rock wall I'd forgotten that from this yeah. chair so that because it's really deep she was very dedicated <laughs> and, yeah to try to get and she's a was a plant collector so she got specimens all the gardens have specimens from all over the world so there's a lot of unique plants but you walk down some steps down into this sunken garden and there's a mound in the middle that wasn't quarried all the way so there's kind of a little high spot in the middle you just walk in and you're just like in a totally different world mm. because when you're down in the bottom looking up there's plantings just everywhere and the walls are have plants all along them all kinds of different vining draping plants and it's just beautiful. The colors, the textures, it's just gorgeous. They have a huge staff that, well, not a huge staff, they have a large staff that takes care of things now. And they were busy when we were there taking some beds out and putting some more plants in and that type of thing, as you'd expect in a garden. So, yeah, it was pretty darn cool. Um, there's a, on one of the sides of the quarry, there's a small waterfall that, that uh, comes over. Um, and then, uh, as Sue mentioned, in the middle, there's a, what was it that was stuck there in the middle that you climbed up? Was it a, something they left it not quarried? Yeah, that mound. That mound. There's a little, basically you could go up to a high point in the middle of the quarry and, and see, in the middle of the gardens and see it all. It's not as high as the walls, so you're still below the ground level. Right. It's a high point you can look. And from the garden, these gardens, the sunken gardens is the only place that you can see a part of the original um, factory. It was, you could see the kiln, there was a kiln there that you can still see that, yeah, a tall kiln stack toward the back end. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, you could still see. That's all that remains of the cement plant and you can still see that. And then, so at the far, at the far end of the, of the, um, the sunken garden too, there's this small lake down, kind of down below um, it's a lower area. Lower, yeah. And it's um, 
there's a fountain there called the Ross Fountain. I think it was put in by their grandson, wasn't it? I think, yeah. Yeah. Grand, grandson, yeah. Um, yes, grandson. I see it right here. Uh, it was actually installed in 1964 for the garden's 60th anniversary, so it must have started in 1904 then. And it's one of these uh, dancing water kind of fountains where it cycles and has you know a huge number of patterns and different th ways that it goes. And The bus it, driver said you could sit there for four hours and watch it and never see a repeated pattern. I don't know if that's true. We didn't not, watch. That's we didn't what say said. for four hours. <laughs> no, but it was really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Um, that's yeah. That's definitely a nice area. And we went back into that, if I remember right. We went back and wandered back in there after we had gone through all the gardens. We went back down to the sunken gardens and wandered through a little bit of that once more. We did, yeah, because it was just beautiful. It's there's little curving paths, and because the plantings are so large and mature. There's all kinds of winding pathways, so you go around a corner and then are surprised by things, by the view, and yeah, it was just really lovely. Down in that area, there's not tons and tons of flowers. There were flowering shrubs and some flowers, but just all sorts of different trees and shrubs. And uh, I remember some beds of flowers there. Yeah, some some beds. Yeah annuals and things yeah. but it's not like overwhelming sure. with right. flowers but yeah. lots of different um, shrubs and yep. trees so beautiful area um anything else about sunken garden about that part of it so right close to there is also what's called the bog garden yeah you walk out of the sunken garden and then there's a kind of a lower area with i mean it's not as low as the sunken garden but a little bit lower and they call it a, the bog garden because there was there's water and lilies and things, topiaries down there. Yeah, so it's kind of stuff that you'd expect in a marshy area, yeah. I, su I suppose. All right, so there's, um, there's, if I remember right, one, two, three, four main gardens. Actually, they mentioned another one, fifth one, Mediterranean. I don't remember that one. Do you remember the Mediterranean garden? Up near the front. It must have been up by near the front. I'll look. So what are some of the other gardens? What are the other, some of the, the other areas that we went to? Well, we walked around the corner. There's the amphitheater area. They have kind of a large, an amphitheater with a grassy area. They do concerts and things, and they do a firework area by those totem poles. Um, but then we walked over to the, um, the rose garden, and the rose, the rose garden was... Uh, quite large actually yeah it was huge so because it was early we were there the very first week of june the climbers they were blooming there were client there were uh pergolas and things with climbers all over and they were blooming but it was too early for the hybrid teas so there were um, a few sh there were some shrub roses that were blooming but for the most part the hybrid teas were not there were buds but they weren't blooming so we missed that that show i'm sure was much much prettier later yeah it says here in the brochure it says that it's in its most beautiful in july and august yeah, we were there which, early part time. of june so yeah and i noticed that many of the roses as you mentioned jenny bouchard gathered things from all over the world and many of the roses were marked with the name and country of origin where they started from so that was kind of interesting to see all the different places that they had those from. 
Yeah. So we also talked to a gardener there in the um, rose garden, and he said they use no uh, pesticides. They control pests all with natural, natural pesticide type methods. Is that so, like insects? And yeah. Stuff? So he he was letting some um, ladybugs out and things, and he hmm. said they managed to control all their all their uh, pests and everything with just natural means, no artificial pesticides. I thought that was interesting because it's a it's a big place. So that was the rose garden, and then there's also the Japanese garden, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, very, very different from the sunken and, and the and the rose garden in that it was very shady, right, and very uh, lots of little nooks and crannies to it. Yeah, it was beautiful. I think that was the first one that was put in the Japanese garden before she did the sunken garden. And um, it was designed by a Japanese landscape designer who designed Japanese gardens. Isaburo so, Kashida. I hope I have that name right. He, he had been brought into the area to, to uh, help with uh, Japanese gardens with a number of uh, people in the area, and she commissioned him to help with hers as well. So, yeah, it was, it's, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous area. There's... Uh, all the things that you would expect in a Japanese garden, lots of architectural things and um, thing sounds. So there's, uh, you know, lots of running water, trickling water, the, uh, wa the bamboo cups that fill and then spill yep. over and um, pond and big, like, cement stone, uh, cement bell-shaped and pagoda shapes and just, yeah, big stands of bamboo along the edge. And, yeah, it was really, it was very sensory. It was... You could hear a lot of different yeah. water sounds and... Auditory, yeah. visual. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was Pretty really... Pretty cool. Really beautiful. And, so, and it's there that the Himalayan blue poppies are found. yeah. We she, saw them. Yeah. She was the first in North America, Jenny Bouchard, to grow them as the Edinburgh Borough Botanical Gardens shared their first seeds with her. Yeah, so the, the blue poppies are a famous thing there at Bouchard Gardens. It's famous for the blue poppies, and there's a little restaurant named the Blue Poppy. Is that what you bought? And Yeah, I bought seeds, and uh, life was stressful since we've been back and I never got them started so in the I, spring hopefully in the spring I can get them get them started, get them started. And I did buy a package um, but they're quite I took some pictures because they were blooming when we were there and they're quite uh, striking because they're they're quite a bright blue so yeah that'd really be cool pretty. yeah yeah blue poppies yeah that'd be cool let's see then uh, the Italian garden is the other garden well there's the mediterranean it's one that was kind of down and off the beaten path a little ways Do you remember yes. going to that one yes. i don't remember there being a ton there uh -uh. Uh, it was kind of small by the front um, by, kind of by the front that has uh had a number of drought resistant plants from a lot of different areas of the world uh, but the italian garden was built right next to the house and actually was put over the tennis court that the Boucharts had there. So 
1926, they put in this very formal-looking garden. The husband really liked Italian-type formalized gardens, and so he requested that there be an Italian garden. It's just right outside, directly outside the residence. Like, you walk out the residence, and there's the garden. And it was really beautiful. I'm Formal, really formal gardens aren't my personal uh, love. I like much more informal cottage garden type thing, which the, so the sunken garden has stuff overflowing all over the place. And that was much more my cup of tea than the formalized garden. So, you know, I, it was, yeah, it was beautiful. I, I just, I'm not going to gush over it cause it's not my personal fave, but it's certainly beautiful. And that star pool that's yeah. right by it. It's like a concrete pond shaped like a star that's right there. That was cool. I had frogs spouting water and whatever. That was kind of cool. Yeah. And then right net, right close there somewhere, was it close to the, where was the piazza? Piazza's out front. Out right front. Right when you first come in. I'm looking on the map. By the Blue the Poppy map. restaurant. Um, they had that, uh, they have several statues around and they had that boar there. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, it's right there um, in the front. And if you rub its nose, it gives you good luck, supposedly. The no- nose is very shiny. <laughs> from everybody yeah, going it's to- a replica of some Italian statue. There was like a sign on it. Yeah. It's a famous statue in Italy. Yeah. Um, Taka the boar. That's uh, featuring the Florentine bronze statue. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I remember right, when Janie got these gardens started, they started getting uh, known, and she would have a lot of visitors come. And I, if I remember right, she actually served them afternoon tea. Yes. And that type of thing. I think that's something they still do, at least on certain days of the week. I don't remember if it's every day. But yeah, I think they, they still a, do that. Yeah, they serve a high tea in that nice restaurant. That's The residence is now a restaurant. Right. A fancy restaurant, yeah. and then there's the little blue poppy cafe where we ate. Where, yeah. But yeah, they right, they serve tea there. And by the twenties, so this started in nineteen oh four. By the twenties, they had more than fifty thousand people visiting each year. Imagine having that happen, come that many people coming to your house and serving tea to them every day. That was quite a quite a quite a few. And the gardens is still owned and operated by the family. In uh, they it was given to their grandson uh, on his 21st birthday, and he eventually started charging admission and expanding it and adding other things so that um, it could, you know, just continue to to grow and develop. And for 50 years, he was involved. His name was Ian Ian Ross. Uh, he added the outdoor symphony concerts, and I think eventually that they added the fireworks displays and that type of thing. And now, in 2000, uh, well, I don't know what it is in 2014, but the brochure that I have says that they have over a million people visit that annually. That's, that's quite an attraction now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, th- I think it's worth talking a little bit about how we got there. We were on a trip in the Northwest. And an auto trip. An auto we were trip. Driving yeah, our own car. we were driving our own car. And we were in Port Angeles which is across the straits from Victoria. And I found that the Black Ball Ferry Line, which operates a ferry between Port Angeles... Washington. Washington and Victoria, British Columbia, 
had a package deal where you could do a walk-on ferry, do a walk onto the ferry, drive ac- or, or ride across, and then hop on a, a bus a bus that would take you directly up to the gardens, and then they cover they included in the price the price of the mission to the gardens, and then you just do the reverse coming back, and that seemed like a pretty good deal, and was very convenient. It worked out great. Uh, we got on the ferry at about eight fifteen in the morning in Port Angeles. We were staying there. It was about an hour and a half across, which is fun to do. Uh, if you haven't been on a ferry before, that was kind of fun. Uh, I was amazed at the the trucks and big big vehicles that they brought onto that thing. And then you head across and you pull into this beautiful harbor in Victoria and go through customs. And then you go out the front and walk about five minutes maybe over to the Empress Hotel, I yes. think it was. And catch a, it wasn't even five minutes. It was probably two or three, no, couple yeah. minutes. The it's right next Everest door. The Hotel's right there on the harbor. Yeah, so I, I saw that when I was trying to arrange the, the trip, and I wondered how far it was and whether it was, you know, a good area or not. No worries. It's a fabulous area, very upscale, and, and beautiful buildings around there. Anyway, we hopped on a bus there. They took us up. Bus driver told us some of the history of Victoria on the way up and gave us a little kind of a tour on the way up, and then... Parked in the parking lot for a minute while he went and got tickets, and we were in the park. And we spent about eh, three or four hours there. About, about four hours. Yeah, I don't think you'd need much more than four to do it. And that was even with lunch. Yeah, we had lunch. And, we, and, we, we and I'm, I'm a pretty slow garden walker because I, I want to stop and look at everything. So if you're not a big looky-loo like me, then you could probably zip through it a couple hours. But yeah. um, I... Yeah, I like to look at everything, and I'm checking everything out. So, yeah, it was four hours. Because it's not huge area-wise, no. so right. there's not tons and tons of walk. I mean, you have to walk, yeah, but it's not like huge, huge distances It's not to like going walk. to Disney World or something where no. you're walking lots and lots and lots. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty contained, small. Then there's certain times that the shuttle picks you up, take you back, and we end up getting back early, and... Just had a relaxing time sitting there at the harbor watching boats come in and out. And there was a little arts. Uh, local artisans were. Yeah, first people artisans were there on the uh, harbor. harbor edge, yeah. And we looked at some of the stuff. And, and it was just kind of relaxing, waiting for the, the ferry to come back. And it came back, and we hopped on and headed back. Got back about nine o'clock at night, and it was great. Yeah, so it was an all day thing. It's, we're. When we travel, we're pretty self-sufficient travelers. I mean, we usually drive in our car, we go wherever we're going, kind of take care of ourselves. So that was actually kind of a different experience for us to leave our car ride, behind and ride on a tour bus <laughs> with with other people. You know, we met some people from Florida and people from um, Korea and <laughs> different people on the bus, you know, and I mean that we don't usually do stuff like that. So I, I really felt like a tourist that then riding on our tour bus up there. And so, but it was kind of, it was fun. So we realized, you know, yeah, we should do some stuff like that more often. So just a couple other things to note that we didn't do them, but as I was researching how we might get up to the gardens and back a couple other possibilities, there's actually a company in Victoria that will take you up to the gardens, drop you off, and then they provide you with bicycles and helmets and uh, maybe the water bottle, I think, and some other things. And then you can actually bike back through some bike trails through the city. 
uh, to get back to the ferry, which would have been which would have been very interesting to do. Apparently, Victoria has some really really nice bike trails, so that would have been interesting. There's also an area right north of the gardens, uh, which is right on a bay, and across that, and you can you can go in the gardens. You can go and, and pay to go on a little boat right in that bay. But across that bay, there's a hotel you can stay at, and I don't remember which one. I'll have it in the show notes, and. Um, in that hotel, you can, they either have a, a boat that'll bring you across or you can rent kayaks and write, uh, paddle kayaks across the, that little channel, not very far to, to the, the garden. So that would have been interesting too. So there's several other ways. You can actually take a, a seaplane in also and fly into that little bay and land on the seaplane and, and stay there at the hotel and then come over. So a lot of different ways you can do it. And there's several ferries that go there. And this isn't the only one, but there's several ferries that go there in that area. That was a great day, lots of fun. I loved loved the garden. So the the only thing, I guess, that I might have done differently, obviously it didn't work for our schedule, but would be to go a little later in the summer and be able to see the roses. They would have been having a much better show. Obviously, the hybrid teas would have been blooming in, like you said, July and August, June's early for roses, but we knew they probably wouldn't be blooming when we went that but that's when we could go so there you go so that's that's probably the only thing i would have done differently if i if you know if i had if i was queen um otherwise everything else it was great yeah it was a great day we had a great time it would have been fun perhaps to go over uh and spend some more time in victoria in fact if to do it again i might think about uh going and staying in a hotel there in victoria and then taking that bus up. We found that you don't have to take that bus as part of the package. You could have purchased, we could purchase it separately and gone up. Mm-hmm. So it would have been fun to go stay in a hotel there. Maybe even ride that, take that bus thing or that uh, bike trip back would have been fun. And there's a lot of other things right there in Victoria. Victoria looked like a beautiful city. Yeah, we didn't explore Victoria at all. I mean, we saw parts of it as we drove through on the bus on the way up to Bouchard Gardens because it's actually, it's outside of Victoria City proper. Yeah, it's north. Yeah, so down where the ferry comes in there on the harbor is all the downtown. And there were lots of, it looked like lots of fun restaurants and shops and all kinds of things. So, yeah, spend a day in Victoria. That would have been fun. It just wasn't part of our plans. Not for that day, yeah. So, So, and right across from the the ferry terminal is the British Columbia Legislative Buildings, and that was a a stunning building. And then the Royal British Columbia Museum there is there also right next to it and has uh, just, I've read, fabulous uh, collections of art and, and so forth. And then the Empress Hotel looked fabulous too, didn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm sure you've seen pictures of it. It's a famous yeah. building there in Victoria, beautiful. Yeah. And then there's some famous things. Up. There's a Chinatown that we went through, and there's some other things there in Victoria. Uh, apparently, there's been a lot of uh, films made there, and so he, the bus driver showed us some areas where they had made some of the films, some of the specialty things there. So, yeah, fabulous place to go, and those would be a couple things that we would do different. Uh, if you love gardening then I think, I think you'd agree too. 
that you ought to put Bouchard Gardens on your list of things to do. Put it on your bucket list. Yeah. Something you ought to go do and well worth the time. And it was just, I had a blast going on the ferry across and over to, <laughs> over to Victoria. Sue sat there in red. I wanted all over looking at things and checking things out and taking pictures and standing on the front. I got some great pictures of the sunset as we were coming back over the, over the, the water. And at the right time of the year, it's not uncommon for you to see whales. And we went on a different whale watching tour from a different place that we'll talk about in a different podcast. But it's not uncommon to see whales in the straits there as you go across too. So that was fun to wander around and see things. I was surprised at how fast it went and how much it rolled at the top. But if you if you want to just sit inside the, the ferry in the nice warm and 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 just be comfortable uh you can sit there they have a galley which has food that you can go and purchase and eat you can get snacks you can i was content to just sit inside and drink hot chocolate and read my <laughs> novel and that was awesome and yeah scott wandered all over the ship and checked out everything yeah so that was so. that was fun to do too and going to and coming from um it was really fun to watch port angeles fade into the distance and see Victoria come up and start to see all the architecture and the buildings and everything. But going back, I mean, Port Angeles is right between the, the, the Straits there, right against the ocean, and the Olympic Mountains, Olympic National Park. It is nestled right in between those. And so those mountains are huge and snow-capped and, and gorgeous. Yeah. And so to see those as we were leaving and as, as we were going back was, was an awful lot of fun, too. It's, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a gorgeous area. So definitely worth going to. Yeah, that view coming into Port Angeles with the mountains behind was really gorgeous. Yeah. So a lot of fun to do. So that's all for about our trip to Bouchard Gardens. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. And this is the podcast for allaroundthewest.com. Where's your next adventure?